National Geographic is putting out a new book of lush, evocative photographs. The chapters aren't organized by subject or even location. They're grouped by color. National Geographic photographer Annie Griffiths curated the book, Life in Color, and she selected many images that have never been published before. Some go back more than 100 years. Griffiths says Life in Color explores the vivid colors in National Geographic's archives. The blue chapter is really quite fun because there's everything from this painted face that's an extraordinary blue to a picture of a wild cat that there's no blue in the picture except its eyes. And we did the blues of the ocean, but then we also did blue in unexpected places. You know, we do the full range between stunning landscapes, wildlife, cultures. Like what? Give us an example there. Well, I mean, there's one picture I quite love where the whole picture is gray and dark, except for a monk who's walking away. And he's very small in the frame, but his, he's got this flowing orange robe. Oh, I love that photograph. I actually singled that out myself. He's in front of the Tour Montparnasse in Paris. Mm-hmm. So those kind of little touches of color sometimes complete the picture. It wouldn't be as interesting without. What do we learn about other places, other cultures through color? Well, color is, is a huge expression of self. And I think that, it, you know, it's very interesting. I find that Americans and Europeans are pretty boring. You know, we, <laughs> we really are. When you, when you start looking at a place like Mexico, which just washes color on, on all these buildings, and you go to Africa and you look at the incredible colors, of, especially the women choose to wear. Or you go to India. I mean, India is so alive with color. And I come home and I'm like, wow, everybody's in black and brown and gray. Ray. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about a couple of places that you've been to, uh, and some of your photographs from those places are featured in this book. And just kind of free associate. Give us a color that uh, you think of when you think of Cape Town, South Africa, for example. White. Wow. Really? Yeah, because Cape Town, it's one of those jewels of a city, and there's so many white buildings and then the sea beyond. It's funny because your photo features colors pretty much everything other than white uh, from <laughs> like, Cape Town, and I my mind immediately goes to the photos of those beautiful multicolored buildings in Cape Town. Well, and that's a very special part of Cape Town mm -hmm. where the whole neighborhood is done in these vivid colors. And uh, I remember waiting because I wanted to get it without traffic and with interesting light. And finally it happened. There was an absolutely gorgeous morning where people were just waking up. What is the color that you think of when you think Angangueo, Mexico? <laughs> Pink. Pink. Pink and green and blue. And, you know, that's what I love about cultures like Mexico, where they just splash their buildings with colors. And I think it's really indicative of the Latin spirit. It's a warm, outgoing culture. You know, Annie, this book also uses quite a few archival pictures uh, going way back to the early part of the 20th century, and many of them are gorgeous portraits of women, one from Algeria in 1917, one from Italy in uh -huh. 1903. And then there's this shot of a, a woman from Kenya, 1909. She's wearing this turban and is holding a pet deer or gazelle, and she has this almost defiant gaze, really striking. Describe this a little bit more for us and, and what you saw in it. I love this photograph, and I think that what we see as a defiant gaze right now is actually indicative of the fact that this woman has probably never been photographed before, and she is presenting herself without any knowledge of posing or smiling as, as we do today. So I think that's very revealing when you see a person simply be. It carries a really interesting weight in the photograph. 
There's also a, a young woman from the Philippines wearing traditional dress. She's bare-breasted as well as a Bedouin woman later in the book. I mean, both of these kind of look like painted postcards. Do you think the mission of National Geographic in the early 1900s was to capture exotic people for the Western eye? Sure. I think there was a lot of that. The photographers were mostly men. And white men, too. White men. (laughs) And they were in pursuit of the exotic. And they'd send it back to the white male editors. And they were likely to choose a beautiful woman, I would guess, in, in many instances. There was a real newness about the whole notion of photographing around the world. And I think that when you look at it with a historic perspective... By the time we got into the 50s and 60s, most people from my generation remember that it was the only magazine on your parents' coffee table that mm. were to see breasts. <laughs> but prior to that, I think it was it sounds like counterintuitive, but it, it was sort of an innocence that this was a big deal. And in the case of the woman you mentioned, the Filipino woman, mm. that picture looks to me like it was hand-colored. And I think there are a lot of those experimentations that happened because photography was relatively new. Life in Color is the title of the book. It's curated by National Geographic staff photographer Annie Griffiths, whose work is also featured in it. Annie, very good to speak with you. Thank you. Nice to speak with you, Marco. You can see a slideshow of some of the spectacular photos Annie and I just talked about. One of my personal favorites, a stunning terraced rice field in China that looks as unreal as a painting by Van Gogh. All that is at theworld.org.